One thing I've learned over the years is that everyone has secrets and every family has some deep, dark, perhaps even gruesome secret. We explore that in Mom's Biggest Secret Lived in the Attic. The story is straight from my father's mouth. His mother was a singer in Vegas and she was probably one of the best. I never knew much about his childhood. He gave us the best growing up and never asked for anything in return. We never asked questions because, well, when you grow up, well, what's the point, you know? So Dad's childhood was a mystery to me up until yesterday. Dad found out that he has a brain tumor a few months ago, and it's inoperable. We've been drinking together, sitting by the bonfire, while my own children ran through the darkness of our yard, playing and laughing. I don't know why he told me all of this. Maybe he didn't want to die with the secret. Still, I have entire faith that the following is true. This is a story from his point of view. My mom had always been beautiful from the first memory. I just remember thinking how absolutely wonderful she always looked. Eyebrows always perfectly plucked, skin as smooth as a child's, lipstick bright and red, and never smeared no matter what happened. Of course, beauty doesn't make you a good parent. Love makes you a good parent. And I don't think she ever had love for anyone outside of herself. In all honesty, my sister Tara and I weren't her birth children. Her own sister had given birth to twins at an extremely young age and died not too long after childbirth due to malpractice. Mom had no choice but to take us under her wing. She didn't necessarily want to. However, she knew she could sue the hospital for malpractice against her beloved sister and win much easier if she took us in. Made it look like she needed the money, which I guess she did, and she won, of course. After that, Mom had a stroke of bad luck that followed her wherever she went for the, last, for the first few years of my life. Jobs were hard to come by, and something told me that she knew she was getting older fast. She knew she was aging and she hated it. It seemed like the more desperate she became, the worse things got. Then suddenly when I was about nine, everything got better. Mom was happy. She looked more beautiful than ever. And we suddenly had this house that was incredible. Three stories with a grand staircase and more rooms than we'd ever need. Mom had a permanent job at a very popular casino singing on stage at their bar. Now, that might not be a huge thing now, but at that time it was like being a real star. There were parties, lots of parties. The most glamorous people of that time in that place came to our home. Of course, while it sounds like our childhood was grand, it really wasn't. There were things going on behind the scenes that no one could have ever fathomed. Mom never showed any kind of affection towards us, and that wasn't to make sure everyone thought she was the perfect parent. Like, that's all the affection we got, was just to show that. And when she looked at us, there was no love in her eyes, no hate, no sadness, just blankness. We were there, and the only time she ever really paid us any attention was when we were in the way. We weren't allowed outside of our rooms more than to take meals, bathes, or play outside. We had a nanny who homeschooled us. Hell, I never set foot in a real school till my late teenage years. There were rooms we weren't allowed in at all. Then there was the attic. We were never allowed anywhere near there. And even now I think she had a good reason for keeping us away. It started about a year after we moved into the house. Laughter, dark evil laughter like nothing I'd heard before. It would start in the middle of the night and go until near daybreak. It wasn't loud, but it always seemed like it was right in your ears. Bringing this up to mom was useless. Nanny heard it too, but she seemed to take mother's side. I guess I got that. Don't go against the one who pays you. It was torturous at times. Nearly impossible to tune out, but you learn with time. Then something came down from there. Only at night. Only when mom was sleeping. The first time I saw anything was probably 10 or 11. I got up in the middle of the night to use the restroom, which was just across the hall. However, at the end of the very same hallway... There was the attic door. Every day it stayed closed, locked. 
That night it stood open, and something stood half in the door and half out into the light of the hallway. Despite the light, it was black. Black as darkness. Black as death. Wide eyes adorned the face, too large, too far apart, and no other feature, just those white, wide eyes seeing me, seeing nothing. The laugh that I had come to know so well came from it, despite the fact that it had no mouth. It stayed there for a long time before slipping back into the door, which closed with a click. I told Mom, I told Nanny, I told Tara, and I told the strangers at parties no one would listen, and so it went on. For longer than I like to say that that thing terrorized me. At night it would walk around the house. Sometimes it would stand in the open doorway and stare. Other nights it would stand right over my bed staring at me with those awful eyes. It caressed my face with disgusting long fingers that smelled of curdled milk. That's something you'd never learn to live with and ignore. Around the time I turned 12, work started to dwindle for mom. Our bills were behind and then she found out she was pregnant and lost her job entirely. She was a mess. I remember her seeing and seeing her cry when I was little, but never things that started looking up. Never after that. She cried all the time then. I remember overhearing her talking to the nanny about wanting an abortion. A few nights later, I saw her go up to the attic. I've only seen her go there once before with a young woman from one of her parties. She came back down with a much lighter look on her face. The next day, she announced to us that she'd be going through with her pregnancy. The bills got paid. Mom opted to stay indoors. Nanny did everything for her. Hell, she even gave birth at home. A little girl, just like that, though she was gone. Mom told older friends now about how she adopted her baby out to an older couple up north, but I knew better. I watched her take the crying newborn up to the attic the night after she was born. I heard the cries, the screams, the silence, then the laughter. Mom got a new job at an even better casino, and just like that, everything seemed normal. She worked, the parties resumed, the laughing monster stayed in its place. I felt selfish for it, but I was glad that she did it in a way. So I could sleep again. I could eat again. I felt normal for the first time in years. And then it came back and it was so much worse. It didn't just stand there. It spoke. Spoke with no fucking mouth. It said awful things. Things I would never repeat to anyone. I stared as words slipped out, slurred from nowhere I could see. I wanted to die then. At 14 years old, I just wanted it all to end. With no one listening to me and no one caring, I started acting out. It just started running away in the middle of the night. It stayed gone for th- till 3 or 4 in the morning, at first going on walks. We didn't live too far from the bars and diners and shops, places where kids hung out. Those same kids got me into drinking and smoking, among other things. Meanwhile, things were going bad for Mom again. They'd hired on a much younger singer. Even with her luck, her age was showing. She seemed so desperately depressed all the time. The last night we lived in that house, I was sneaking up as, my, as I normally did. I peeked out my door, but I wasn't met with a normal quiet. I heard crying coming from the, rest, from the hall, from Mom's room. It wasn't her voice crying, though. It was Nanny's. Then I heard a thump in silence. I closed the door just enough so I could see the crack as Mom dragged Nanny's unconscious body out of her room down the hall into the attic door. She closed it behind her, and I listened to the thump, thump, thump of the unconscious woman being dragged up the stairs. I cried then. I knew exactly what was going to happen. This time, though, there was no sound from the attic for a while until I heard Mom's voice. She was yelling at someone, yelling in between tears. Frantic footsteps started down the attic stairs and into the hallway. I closed the door as quietly as I could and tiptoed to my bed, pretended to be asleep as Mom peeked in, only for a moment before closing the door quietly behind her and running frantically back down the hallway. It was quiet for a while, but I didn't dare move. There was no laughter coming from the attic this time, and I remember wondering to myself what well, something had gone wrong. But then I smelled the smoke. The rest of the night went so fast. The entire hallway was filled with flames. 
The attic door was left wide open, and that thing stood in the door. Even with the bright light of the flames, it was still black and featureless. A horrid, inhuman scream came from somewhere inside the monster. It pointed at me as it screamed, but it started running before I could see whether or not it was actually making chase. I looked into Mom's room, but she was gone. Her king-size bed, along with the canopy above, was in intense flames. I ran to Tara's room and woke her up. And from there, we climbed down the best we could from the awning outside her bedroom window, as the stairs were on the other end of the hallway where the flames were at were the worst. Mom was arrested that night. Arson was the only charge. They assumed the three bodies in the attic perished in the fire. However, it was different time. It was a different time. No one believed she could have been capable after all. She was a woman. She was a beautiful woman. They assumed she was too dumb to start a fire. Can you imagine that? They let her go, but she died only a few months later. She just withered away. I don't even think the doctors today could explain it, although I'm sure they'd slap a label on it. But they would only be able to hide their own incompetence. There just wasn't an explanation. When she killed that thing, its absence took her. Despite the fact that I know the thing is dead, I still wake up in the middle of the night expecting to see it standing over me. Those wide, wide eyes staring, bulging. The laugh coming from nowhere. I asked my dad later whether or not he was afraid of dying. Oh no, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm just afraid of what might be waiting for me on the other side. So, in this case, it seems very much like his adoptive mother had her own... Portrait of Dorian Gray kind of situation going, except it was tied to the mortality of this creature. That her vitality took shape, form, a pact with a demon or monster, perhaps. One way or another, there's all kinds of different things in the paranormal and, and various myths and legends about tying one's youth to the sacrifice of others or tying it to, a, to an object or another being. And... That's what we see here with this story. So, what is the cost of vanity and buying extra time? You know, there was a time when I was much younger where I would have never imagined how much I would want to bargain for better health. But as I struggled through my own physical health things after being in, in the military and getting older, there are times I could, I, I could see where someone would want to bargain to feel better, to live longer, to enjoy more time with their families. Or, unfortunately, in her case, it seemed mostly self-serving to her own vanity. Alas, that's where we're left when it comes with this particular mother. So, what do you guys think? Uh, I'm curious, and as always, thanks and take care.